Welcome to the Muddy Waters of Freedom with your hosts, Matt Wright and Mohammed Shaker. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard. For Muhammad Liberty Movement Shaker. God, that one was weak. I am Matt Wright, and together I did. And together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. What's up, buddy? Hey, how you doing? I'm okay. How are you? Does your headset sound weird like mine? Okay, yours does too? Yeah. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Yeah. Now it sounds good. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed that uh, track, Ownership by Backwards, one of my favorite songs from that album. Yeah, I love that song. Yeah. That song is so good. Yeah. That's the song that made me buy the album. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, I can't really ask what you were doing this week because we kind of covered that Wednesday when we did our show. Yeah. I lost my keys to my car. Yes, you did. Did you ever find those? Nope, had to buy a new set. That sucks. Yeah. Yep, $150 down the drain. <laughs> That's definitely awful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we didn't really do, saw you last night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, but, uh, so we did the show Wednesday. Uh, Thursday, oh, Thursday I went to go see the Deftones and Rise Again. Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah. Yes, you did. I did. And that was uh, definitely a good time. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Rise Against was amazing. Yeah. I'm yeah. not a big Deftones fan, so you know what we forgot to do? What? We forgot to thank Low Tide Kava Bar for the kava <laughs> we'll be drinking during today's show. I feel like that's how we do it now. We just forget <laughs> it so we can yeah. say, you know what we forgot to do? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's do a quick bula to Low Tide. and Oh, that is on there. Okay. <laughs> Shells up. Bula. Bula? Mm. That's <sighs> breakfast of champions right there. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. All right, guys. Let's get right into it. All right. First, if you like our show, <laughs> make sure to head over to our website, muddiedwatersfreedom.com. We got a whole listing of every episode we've done so far and some of our writings. I'll be putting an article out soon, hopefully by Monday, on Bolivia, Venezuela, capitalism, socialism, welfare, communism, what those words mean, why it's important to know what they mean, why it's important to distinct every single word and make sure we know the differences between them. Um, you know what you know what our social media is, so right. <laughs> but in case you don't, it's facebook.com backslash muddied waters of freedom. Instagram, it's at muddied waters of freedom, and on Twitter, it's at muddied underscore waters. So uh, like, share, follow, all that good stuff. And you know, if you are in the St. Pete area today, since we're just gonna get right into it, yeah, we're going right into it. Yeah, okay. Since uh, we're in the St. Pete area, if you're in the St. Pete area today, make sure that uh, if you decide to go out to the Pride Parade downtown, one, be safe, two, don't drink and drive, three, look for the Low Tide Cava Bar, Muddy muddy Waters Cava and grassroots. Muddy Water Cava and Tea and Grassroots Cava House float that is going to be there. You'll be able to pick it out easily. 
because of the shirt that I'm wearing. You'll be able to see that logo a lot um, because we are all wearing it in order to promote the unity between the Kava bars here in the area, mm -hmm. yeah. um, which is a very big thing. About Wear a condom. Yes. If you partake. Even if you don't. <laughs> slide one on. <laughs> it's better to be safe than yeah. sorry. <laughs> because, you know, you never know. So today is uh, obviously gay day here in St. Pete. It's one of the biggest pride parades that happens in the whole country, right? I, third. I, I, is it third? I think I thought it was second. But second or third. Right. It's pretty fucking big. It's been like that for a while. Yeah, it's it's huge. Yeah. It, I've only been a few times. Been last year. I don't think I'm going today. Um, not really a big fan of uh, that sort of large gathering. Um, but it's a fun event. Uh, lots of things to see. Lots of cool people to go and hang out with. Yeah, this is a... I have lived here. I have lived here four years. Next week, you got the date on your watch. I do. Oh, you do. <laughs> Never mind. I I have lived here four years. Next week, and uh, this will be the first parade I have ever actually been to. I helped set up for last year. Oh shit! I didn't know that. So I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of looking forward to it. I want to see what this is like because I've heard many stories, but I've never actually. Yeah. Uh, I have never actually been involved in the parade, so I'm interested to see how this goes. But I also know that since I am 38, that once that parade is over, I'm not going to want to be anywhere near downtown. That's true. <laughs> I, I, I am going to sprint back to Gulfport as quickly as I possibly can. Yep, yep, yep. And um, as we all know, LGBT issues are... For whether you want to say good or bad reasons, are still at the forefront of today's issues. People think that their rights may be taken away, blah 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 blah, stuff like that. Um, but it's important to go out and celebrate with your friends who are, if that's what they believe in, ha going out and having fun at the parade. Right. Um. Cool thing about the LP is first party to have an openly gay presidential candidate. I forget the guy's name. It was like 1972. That um, was when we started. Perhaps. I'm not sure, but I do know it was very early on. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, 19, I think it was 1971 or 1972 is when the LP was founded. Yeah. Yeah. And this country's came a long way uh, when it comes to gay issues. Um, no, the, 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 the strides that have been made for equality for the mm -hmm. LGBTQ community has been astronomical and amazing and yeah. has been great to see. Yeah, and not just legislatively. We're talking culturally. It's a lot more open and accepting. Yeah, accepting, tolerating. I think tolerance is important. See, I've had a few conversations with some of my gay friends over the mayor race that will be taking place soon. Between Christman and Baker, about hmm? it's the Ricks, right? Is it Rick Christman? Yeah, yeah. Rick Christman versus Rick Baker. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. The Ricks, the Council of Ricks. Mm -hmm. Um, we had a conversation on uh, is tolerance enough, or do you have to be actually accepting? Because. Uh, some people have the issue with Baker that he was only tolerant and not openly accepting, like uh, Christman. Like Christman. Yeah. So we had a we had a pretty 
we had, we had some good conversations on it, you know, and I was the opinion of tolerance is enough as long as you're not trying to stop anybody from doing anything. I don't think anybody should have to fake outward love to anybody. And that's just my honest opinion on it. And found a that seems to be generally the consensus off of Facebook anyways. Right. That I some ex person should not have to love me. Uh, same thing goes for a Muslim or I don't X, Y, and Z demographic. I don't want anybody. I don't want anybody out there who uh, doesn't like me for whatever reason, whether it's cis gendered, white male, yeah, whatever. Uh, if they don't want to like me because of that, I don't want them to have to fake it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hate me to my face. I don't care. Yeah, I just won't like you back. It it really doesn't matter to me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but the the middle ground of that is just the the I don't care uh, coalition. Right. You know, um, and people got to realize uh, some of these things take time to uh, uh, to grow towards. So you can't really expect, for example, all conservatives to just come out and start going to gay pride parade if they don't have any stake in it. You know, if they don't have any gay family members or whatever. Right. They're and not just going to come out and start going to Pride Parade because that's the end thing. It's going to take them time to realize that it's a normal thing and there's nothing they can do about it. Right. And another thing that we were actually talking about last night uh, while we were at low tide is if somebody is not just tolerant of your movement, but if accepting of your movement, if they don't agree with your uh political views don't shut them up yeah you don't want to do that you want to make sure that they are uh you know you want to be all inclusive as well you can't say you don't want to be oh you have to accept our views as well as our ideals yeah if that you talk about david yeah 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 so we talked about how a lot of uh pride parades across the country have basically shuttered out their um right-wing-leaning gays from having floats or anything like that during their parade. Yeah, just being involved in the yeah. uh, festivities yeah. of yeah. the Pride weekends. really sucks when that happens because you're talking about tolerance, and I think we should be able to call something out like that. You talk about tolerance, and then you say that pro-gun gays can't march or libertarian gays can't march because it doesn't conform with... With the other the political yeah. or something, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like we were talking with um that not last night, but Wednesday night before we came here and did the show, we were talking with uh, our friend who is conservative and gay, and I had no idea he was conservative just because I assumed who Sean. Sean, I don't even know who we're talking about. Lawnmower Sean. Lama or Sean, yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 And I, <laughs> I didn't know he was conservative mm-hmm. um, or conservative leaning in those. Yeah. You know, uh, fiscally, yes. I guess would be the way to put that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know that. And he was like, yeah, most people don't assume that because they assume I'm since I'm gay, I I lean liberal on everything. Exactly. And I yeah, it, that blew my mind. And I can imagine the amount of backlash based on the conversation that we were having last night that certain some, that some gay people can have if they do lean conservative 
on other aspects. Mm-hmm. Like it's not an all or nothing in my mind. Like it's not exactly. Well, I'm gay, so now I have to believe in this, 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 and this. Yes, yes. Like, that would mean I'm gay, so I find you attractive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which I don't. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean you're a good-looking guy. But thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, I would imagine that's got to be very difficult to uh, to try to traverse that mm-hmm. as a uh, member of the gay community. Yeah, or plenty of minority type communities. As a Muslim, I've gotten it. Right. Of like, how am I Republican or whatever? And I would, blacks get it all I, the time. Say, They're I'm all Uncle black, Toms. Right. Yeah. I was gonna say I'm certain that black people get it uh, mm-hmm. if they're conservative. Um, when we had Zuri on, she talked about it. You remember when she uh, she was on Fox News because a bunch of a bunch of liberals attacked her for uh, supporting Rand Paul, and she said it shouldn't matter. She's a black woman that supports um, a constitutionalist. So and, um, it happens. Our friend in Texas. Uh, Antonio. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Antonio uh, Antonia Okafor. Okafor. Yeah. I have seen some of the articles that like BET has written about her. Yeah. Those are brutal. And that's yeah. just because she's pro Second Amendment. Yeah. Like that's unbelievable. Yeah. Hey, she is a... Sh- one, I think she's super attractive. She is, yeah. But but uh, she's super attractive, and she's a strong, powerful female voice mm-hmm. in yeah. you know, the African-American community. And people are like, oh, well, just bashing her based on appearance. Basically. And, and just because and they wouldn't be – if she was anti-gun or pro-state-run welfare or whatever – like they wouldn't care, they would not hit it at all. But no, because she's very conservative on sorry, yeah, because she's very conservative on those uh, things. She uh, gets hit so hard, and those articles are like I feel bad reading those articles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they aren't even about me. No, <laughs> yeah, and that's the sad thing. She's had the same views for as long as I've known her, which has only been uh, maybe two years and a half now. Um, same person. She just happens to have, uh, found a good group of people that support her and she's worked hard to get where she's at. And it's obviously a danger that somebody like her has those kind of opinions. She's not even the only black woman that's got those kind of opinions, but it's pretty sad that you can't go out and say stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Oh, there she is. Yeah, She's she on. just joined. Hello, Antonio. <laughs> we were just talking about you. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Hopefully, uh, the the takeaway from from today, which will not be re- realized today, uh, is that identity politics are shitty, and you shouldn't be treat, uh, preaching tolerance if you're not going to be practicing the tolerance. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, we're gonna make this a. We're gonna we're just gonna go with whatever topics we have, right? Because you gotta go to the parade. I do. I yeah. have to go to the parade yeah. since I am on the float for the parade, so I have to get over there. All right. Well, let's go into our next topic on local things that are happening. We had Governor Rick Scott yesterday signing uh, the medical marijuana bill. That isn't perfect. Um, here in Florida, 
It's got a... The shitty thing about the bill is it's got a monopoly on it. It allows 10 companies to produce and sell products made from marijuana. Uh, And it actually excludes... It's funny. It excludes smoking, but... You can use the oils, drops, and you know everything else you can, just not smoking, which I thought was kind of silly. I thought it was, okay. So one of the things that was included in that bill is edibles are allowed, as long as those edibles do not um, market. They couldn't potentially be marketed to children. Yeah. Now I have done a fair share. Of are ed- they worried about end caps or something? <laughs> <laughs> It, we're just trying to sell the heroin to five-year-olds, not marijuana. <laughs> right. No, her- heroin to five-year-olds are nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was I was reading that, and I was like, I've done my fair share of edibles in my life. Yeah. And all of the edibles I've ever done are gummy candies, mm-hmm. uh, like hard can gummy candies, hard candies, or brownies. Yes. I'm pretty certain all of those cater to like children. Yep. But at the same time, they cater to me as a 38 year old male. Mm-hmm. Like I like those, mm-hmm. so don't take those away from me. Yeah, I take Fred Flintstone candy. Uh, the vitam- vitamins. Do you really? <laughs> Every now and then. That's awesome. My nieces. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like to 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 put in that. Okay, edibles are fine, but it better be like kale. Yeah. Right. K- marijuana kale. And the the idea of catering to children to me is extremely silly. Um, I mean, you just talked about how this this thing that still caters to somebody of our age um, supposedly would work on children. Yes, but I seriously have not. I know people that have <laughs> sold, you know, different drugs and none of uh, None of them have ever told me that a child was one of their target demographics. And I don't know how a child could be a target demographic when they don't have money. Right. Money, a vehicle, anything like that. When you're trying to sell anything like that, usually you're trying to go for somebody with money. You're not trying to give away your (laughs) your stock. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I was was in a conversation with my dad and I was saying that we need to get rid of the drinking age. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, mm-hmm. we need to make it 25. And then he followed it up. By, yeah. And then he said, we need to make the voting age 25. And I said, I'll agree with that. If you agree that you can't join the military till 25. <laughs> and he said, no, no 25 year old would do that. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was saying, yeah, if you're, if you own a business, if you own a restaurant and you could serve alcohol to anybody you want, would you serve to 15-year-olds? And he was like, yeah, probably. And I said, okay, now you don't own a restaurant and you're, you know, however old you are now, 70, uh, and you go to a restaurant. Would you go to a restaurant that serves 15-year-olds? No. Do you think other adults would go to a restaurant that serves? No. Do you think the restaurant would continue serving 15-year-olds? Well, Maybe. Do you think 15-year-olds have a lot of money to spend at a restaurant? But yeah, the, the thing is, if they if if they do have the money to spend it, you know, more power to them because they probably do. Um, I say that because I was a senior in high school, and so are you. Um, the, doesn't they, you the, the age that. limit on drinking doesn't stop drinking at all whatsoever? 
and if you at least open it, you know, you can have it at 50. People are still going to drink. I mean, it was obvious with the prohibition. Um, but when it comes to 21-year-olds and over being the only ones allowed to drink, what if you allow younger adults and older teens up from the age of 15, let's say, to drink in a bar? A bartender has the ability to cut somebody off no matter who it is. When these young kids go out to their house parties with their mass amounts of alcohol that they somehow get that they will get no matter what, they're going to binge on it and they're going to drink all they want. No one's going to cut them off. Well, why not let them go to a bar where they can be cut, where they can be cut off? Right. What's wrong with that? Right. If they consent to going to a bar and then have to be cut off, that's all on them. And at least they're out there already. Maybe they can get a ride back, Uber, whatever. But when you're in someone's house or your own house drinking all that, there's there's nobody controlling it. So the issue of age limits going up, you know, even make, make even less sense to me than. Yeah, to to raise the to raise the drinking age just means that once people turn 25, it's not. I think the thought process there is. At 25, you're more mature, so that way you will be, you know, more reasonable in your drinking actions. Yeah. But that's not going to be the case. It's going to be, I've had to wait until I'm 25 to go out and do this. I'm going to binge like there's no tomorrow because, you know, my parents did it. You know, well, our parents could drink, well, maybe not yours, but my, <laughs> my parents, I think, could drink at 18, I think was the legal drinking age back then. And then, uh, you know, turned 21 nationwide back in the 80s under Reagan when he said it has to be 21 or you'll lose federal funding, which mm -hmm. is why I don't like it when states take federal funding because then yeah, the federal government can then withhold money if you don't do what they want. Mm -hmm. um, but they uh, so now you're waiting until you're 21. And as soon as people turn 20, what do you do on your 21st birthday? Mm -hmm. Like You go out and you party until you vomit. Mm -hmm. that's yeah that's true i mean that's essentially it like your friends take you out and they buy you shots they buy you beers they buy you whatever and you party until like you're well over served and the bartenders on your 21st birthday they're like oh it's your 21st birthday yeah yeah they <laughs> you're not gonna remember tonight mm -hmm. and that's pretty much every birthday that everyone's I, buying you shots yeah that was pretty much every birthday that i had up until i quit drinking yeah it was we're going out and we're getting drunk and like those were the nights that I got real drunk. Yeah. Um, but so if you wait until somebody's 25, the same thing's going to happen. But since they've waited longer, like they're just going to do it more. Yeah. Cause they're going to try to binge as much as they can in a short period of time. Like granted, they may not binge for four or five years. Like you do when you turn 21, you start drinking and it's like, yes, I can do this. And then you binge, but at 25, you're already kind of settled in. So it's like, Let's not do that. But you're still going to binge hard and yeah. you're still going to make the same mistakes. And yeah. And in my case, it was the opposite. I I drank when I was in high school. I drank through my first three years in the army. And then when I turned 21 in Iraq and I came back, I pretty much started cutting down. And then I stopped. And the only time I drink alcohol ever is when I have a beer or two, when I go to like a young Republicans meeting or I go to like some training in DC or some young Americans for Liberty thing is about the only time I'll drink. Um, 
to me, it's less fun once you turn 21 because there's none of that rebel aspect. There is none of the rebel which is aspect. A big, which is a big thing when it comes to that, any kind of drug, really smoking before 18, drinking before 21. So that means you so were doing forth. it wrong because the rebel aspect comes in when you get like nearly blackout but not quite and then decide to drive. Oh, I see what you're saying. That, that's where the rebel aspect comes I, I can't remember if I've ever uh, drove drunk, but I, d- I doubt it. There, there were many mornings that I woke up in my bed, didn't know how I got there, and my car was yeah. in my house. <laughs> uh-uh, not me, man. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the first time that happened, I woke up, and I was just like, oh, I'm home. I wonder who brought me here. <laughs> and so I'd, like, get ready, and I was like, well, I'm only, like, a mile from work, so I'll just walk there. And I walk outside, and my car was parked right there, crooked. And I was like, huh. Yes, I did that, (laughs) (laughs) which was great that day because it was cold. So, I mean, I just jumped right in my car and I drove to work. But (laughs) at the same time, like that's idiotically dangerous. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I couldn't tell you how many times that I woke up going, I wonder how I got home. Yeah. Walk outside. Oh, there's my car. (laughs) I'm glad you don't do that anymore. Yeah, I'm really glad I don't do that anymore. Because we have kava. (laughs) Right. And it's real hard to black out. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It's almost impossible, actually. You'll yeah. just get real tired. Depending on the person, you'll probably just get real tired. Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of illegal things in California, three California men um, were arrested for illegally selling $300,000 worth of avocados. Yep. Glad those men uh, were taken care of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Menace God. to society. <laughs> Thank God we... <laughs> we we caught those people. What if they sold those avocados to five-year-olds? Yeah, what if I mean, did. that would have been awful. <laughs> what if they sold them to white people? Cultural appropriation? Uh, yeah, very much so. And actually, it's not on our list, but I'm certain that you heard about it. Uh, California, the open border people, they're like, yes, let's do open borders. We, yeah, You know where I'm going. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they banned state-funded travel. Oh, yeah, yeah, to like four different state r- states it's that... eight states total now. Oh, eight states, yeah. Do you know what is included... I, I, just, I just realized this, and do you know what's included in state-funded travel? No. College sports teams. Oh, well, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> that means California teams can't... Uh, so, Texas... Colleges yeah. can't play over there. So, like, USC or Stanford can't play against Texas, North Carolina... I think Tennessee, Kentucky, Kentucky, Tennessee, like, what are they going to do about those games? Are they going to, are they going to force those teams to go to California? Yeah. But I do have to say like, both, 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 both sides on this are stupid. The whole, the travel thing is definitely retarded because it's a do as I say, not as I do thing of the federal government and Trump shouldn't be able to ban travel of certain kinds yet. The state of California will We'll be doing exactly that. Um, well, but see, is Trump banning travel out of the country? No, but besides to Cuba, but a wall, a wall big enough to keep people out is big enough to keep people in. Is how I look at it. Um, and the whole border talk that we've—I don't know if we ever had an actual border talk on the show. Um, I am split on that. I don't even know. If, I am the if same I'm open way. borders or not. I don't know if I'm closed borders or I not. I see the argument for both sides. Yeah. But I'm definitely I'm definitely for privatizing just all that land. So Absolutely. let them deal with it. Um but the, the, there's obviously the question of the in between until you 
get to that point when you privatize everything, what do you do? That's when the open borders and closed border arguments come into play. Um, which there was a really big debate on that between, um, it was moderated by Eric July and it was between, uh, some guy that I forget his name and, uh, uh, Chase Rachels, um, he wrote a spontaneous order, and he's part of the Blue Ridge Liberty Project. Great guy. It was a great conversation. Um, but, yeah, not sure where I stand on that. But my issue is with, with what those states did causing California to do that is, obviously, uh, I've talked about this before. I'm pro-life, and I think there's a lot of things that need to change, especially, and I've talked about adoption and how adoption needs to be easier what what these different um what these states have done now is they've made it harder for kids to be adopted even harder and i'm pretty much i I think it's a step backwards um i absolutely think it's a step backwards yeah one of my best friends um won't mention her name one of my best friends and her brothers, who I also happen to be friend friends with, I went to high school with them. I was in ROTC with one of them, and I knew both of their mothers. Um, they both had the same two lesbian mothers, and both of them, the 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 boy and the girl, have a traditional family, traditional nuclear family, and the. Having lesbian mothers didn't stop them from doing that. Um, and that's that's where this fear thing comes in of why they're trying to stop gays from adopt, adoption. Um, I think it's silly and, and it's it's a step backwards for the kids. Absolutely. Yeah. Like if from I have seen traditional families where the kids turn out exceptionally screwed up. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. Yeah. Exceptionally screwed up. Yeah. Actually, that's Don't. that's mostly the case, anyways, because right. we're the majority. Right. We, as in the, the tra- non-gays. Right. The traditional. Yeah. The traditional family makeup. I'm trying to think if I know anybody who's got a my two dads or my two moms situation, and I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. But the people that end up screwed up are the people who their families don't have for the sake of sounding cheesy, uh, the people who don't have the right amount of love in the family. Yeah. Right. So I don't care if they're, you know, two gay people, two straight people two whatever, like as long as the love in the family is there and the caring is there, the family should like the kids will be okay and be able to make the right informed, intelligent decisions. Yes. It's not, it's not that, you know, um, well, Billy has two dads, so Billy obviously is going to be attracted to men. Yes. So that will just, you know, eventually end up with the end of the human race if we continue to do yeah. that. Like, it it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. You take it to the logical conclusion, I mean, straight families shouldn't be having gay kids and... Obviously, that's not the case. And you take that to the logical conclusion of Adam and Eve being the first nuclear family. There should not have been a single gay person in existence if that was the case. So Right, but one of their kids did kill their other kid. 
Yeah, yeah, that's different. Murder's different. Murder's, <laughs> <Yeah>, murder's going <laughs> There's only four people on earth. I mean, odds are somebody's getting killed in that situation. Yes, yeah. There is a lot of pent up sexual rage going on because there's nobody there to have sex with. So it's just like, okay, well, now I got to kill somebody. Well, there's some silliness in our religions, the ones even my own, you know, like I can admit to the silliness in Islam and by extension, the silliness in a lot of the uh, that I've seen some of the major religions out there. You know, there's silliness out there, stuff I don't think are even part of our religions or belong in our religions, but somehow have made in the made it in our books. Right. And that's one of the things that I find silly. You know, murder's bad, but it seems like being gay is worse, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, moving on. Right. <laughs> moving on. Um, to a nation that doesn't treat its gays well. <laughs> uh, ISIS. <laughs> ISIS uh, doesn't treat their gays well at all. No. no They're they not don't. nice. <laughs> they do not like their gays in ISIS. <laughs> Um, you know, th- throwing them off rooftops. Right. Stoning blah, blah, them blah. in the streets. Yeah. Uh, ISIS, two days ago, bombed an 800-year-old mosque, the Grand Al-Nuri Mosque. It was pretty sad. I made, I made a post about it, and somebody reported it. And, and Facebook s- still deleted it. nobody told, yeah, no, no, nobody came out and told me who reported it. So, if you're out there, you're a pussy. I can't believe that Facebook wouldn't tell you, like, they don't say who did it. So you could, like, to block them from your page. It gives them the option to block me. Right. They can <laughs> block you. Why are they reporting your post for saying something <laughs> offensive as opposed to just blocking you? Yeah, and I feel like the offensive thing here is, because I, I, I got all types of friends. All slash followers. I'll say mostly followers. I do have some friends. No, not many. But um, <laughs> uh, maybe the offensive portion was me saying that, Perhaps these ISIS guys aren't as Muslim as they say they are blowing up an 800-year-old mosque. Right. Like, and I did not see anything wrong with that. No, there was nothing wrong with it. I saw absolutely, that. That would be like, um, I'm trying to think of a, uh, a really big Christian, and I'm having trouble with it. Uh, what, a big Christian? Like Pat Robertson, big Christian? Okay, that would be like Pat Robertson and his group uh, blowing up Billy Graham's church. Yeah. Right. Like, because right, that's the oldest church in America that mm-hmm. I can think of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or like the National Cathedral. Right. Like Pat Robertson's like, oh, I'm going to go blow up the National Cathedral because it's got demons on the outside of it. Wait, wait. The National Cathedral, uh, cathedrals are typically, typically Catholic, right? Yes. Yeah. So a better example would be a, a Catholic person blowing up that. Okay. That would be the best example. Okay. You don't want to intermix uh, the sects here just to make it, yeah. Big, big Catholic person that's famous. Yeah. Blowing up the National Cathedral because on the outside they have Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah. Right, like it it, they, it would make no sense. And if you were to say, I can't believe that the Catholic group blew up the National Cathedral and somebody reported it for offensive, like who would? Yeah. That makes zero sense that somebody finds that offensive. Yeah, it does. It does. Like the the offensive part is that they did it, not that you find shocked that they did it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And ended up having a conversation about like if they are Muslims or not, and 
you know, there's a there's a concept that some Muslims uh, follow. It, it's talked about in a book called Islam Without Extremes, A Muslim Case for Liberty by Mustafa Eichel. Uh, he was interviewed by Mises Media and um, Jeffrey Tucker. Uh, he talks about the concept of concepts of liberty in Islam, especially early uh, when um, when Islam had uh, came about. And he, the concept is called takfiring or takfir, and if you real if you if you if you hear the root word there, you might have seen it before on like different T-shirts, usually like veteran T-shirts, maybe a stuff something like that. Kafir, uh, kafir means uh, infidel or non-believer, which is incorrect to say that you're a non-believer because as a Christian you're not. That's not the point though. Uh, takfiring is a is a uh, it's an idea that terrorists, especially like ISIS, use to subjugate and punish other, especially other Muslims. So they would be, they would go out and say, well, if you're not doing what we're doing, you're not really Muslim. Boom, justification to kill you and, and torture your family. Um, so I, I'm not a fan of takfiring because that's something that terrorists do. Um I believe in that it's up to God at, at the end of time, the day of judgment. It's up to God to decide who is a believer in him or not and who to punish or not. Um, so are ISIS Muslim? I don't know. And I know I was just poking fun of them saying, are they Muslim? That's a very good question to ask. Because would a Muslim blow up an old mosque like that? Would anybody that follows uh, an old religion... Oh, I'm sorry. Would anybody that follows any religion blow up an ancient uh, religious site of their own? You know, that should cause you to ask some questions. Um, but that's what they did. And uh, we're still we're still watching on what's going on with ISIS. Um, because it's been over 45 days since Trump took office and ISIS is still here shockingly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yep. not really sh- I'm not really sure how that cuz he had a plan to defeat ISIS in very 40, quickly, yeah. 45 days and we're on like day 150ish. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Yeah. And we still have ISIS in this world. Yes, we do. Weird. Yep. Yep. Hmm. Speaking of Trump. <laughs> so yeah, Trump uh banned uh he did a temporary ban on photographers in the press room. Well, I think it's just his press secretary that did that. Oh, is it? Yeah, I okay. think. I mean, I, I would think so. I, I doubt he's. It's not House of Cards where he's like, you know, hey, <laughs> ban all the cameras. <laughs> but yeah, they banned cameras in the in the in the in the press box. In there. the press box, and CNN brought in a sketch, a courtroom. Yeah, they sketch have a sketch artist. artist yeah, <laughs> that was pretty funny. It's pretty cool. Like drawing drawing the pictures. Um, but you know, a lot of people I, I noticed on the article on the Hill talking about how it's like against free speech or whatever. And what the thing that people don't understand is free speech is the government not interfering with your rights to publish or say whatever you want. And believe it or not, the White House does not even owe anybody a press box. No. They just can't stop you from writing whatever you're doing, but they don't have to entertain you. Um, on top of that, cameras? I mean, yeah, it's crappy that there's no cameras there, but 
still has nothing to do with free speech. It's, it's a camera. Right. You're still you're still there doing your 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 journalistic work, quote unquote. And you get to say whatever you want to say about it. Yeah, yeah. Without fear of being punished by the government. Exactly. If we were the government and we did not talk to you, you still have the right to say whatever you want about us, including the fact that we didn't talk to you. But that's just not the case when it, when it with what's going on in the White House. Um, but, yeah, I just thought I would mention that part because I've just seen a lot of... Mm, misconceptions about the free speech and and what it entails because it seems that some people are for like this idea that people deserve uh, a platform to speak and then some people and then and then the same people in other instances would say no platform for x person and that would be something like um milo yiannopoulos cannot talk and say his ideas on college campus but in the same people would say something like the uh, the press box has to have the right to ask questions and has to have the answers and has to have cameras in there. Um, but none of that is true. The only thing the First Amendment does is the government can't stop you from reporting what you want to report on, from do, from saying what you want to say, from doing following whatever religion you want, so on and so forth. Right. Which... As far as I know, by them not allowing cameras in there, doesn't mean that they're no, stopping doesn't. you from doing anything. No, and if anybody has a, an argument on why that's not the case, you know, I'd be willing to listen. But I know you're not going to have one. <laughs> <laughs> Way to insult every single listener. Nice job. I like it. We'll see you next episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so moving on. Uh, the Senate health care bill. Oh, yeah. We didn't talk about that one. No, we didn't. We kind of skipped right over it. Yeah. So the Senate health care bill uh, is awful. Yeah. It's the same shit with the, with, the, with the one from the House. You have four senator, Republican senators coming out against it. One random name that I forget. The other three ones are Ted Cruz, Mike Lee from Utah. And Bay. And Bay. Yeah. Um, and then Trump came out and said that he's making it a sole mission to get Rand Paul's vote on this thing. He said he'll call it his own personal victory to get Rand <laughs> yeah. Paul's vote on this thing. Yeah. Did you see Rand Paul on Morning Joe? No. Okay, so Rand Paul went on Morning Joe yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. No. I don't know, Thursday or Friday. I don't mm-hmm. remember which. Uh, he went on Morning Joe the other day, and he was being interviewed about it, and he was like, no, this isn't a good bill. And then he went in, and of course everybody was like, "Oh, okay." And start they're listening to him now because he's a Republican saying it's a bad bill. And then he said, "We need to legalize cheap insurance. There is no reason that insurance should not cost you one dollar a day." Yeah, I read, I saw the articles on that. Yeah, I, I watched the interview. It was a good, a good interview by him. But he's right because of how the insurance company and their lobbyists have uh, worked the system so that way making it essentially impossible to get cheap insurance. Uh, it's it's technically illegal to get it. Um, but he's saying that he wants to get rid of all of those uh, all of those restrictions. So that way it's possible that we could get insurance for, you know, 30, 31 bucks a month. Yeah. And I think that is the best goal that we can possibly have right now. Yeah. Yeah. I will be more. Okay. So 
I found out this week, I found out on um, Thursday that my insurance got canceled. And I had no clue. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. But because of Obamacare and everything like that, I'm now going to have to pay the fine. And I don't have insurance. So I'm currently w- w- looking for uh, cash-only doctors that you know are like, yeah, we just take cash. We don't deal with yeah. insurance. Like, I'm currently looking for that. I think there is one here in uh, Saint, like the St. Pete area. Yeah. Um, luckily, it's not too far. But, uh, yeah, like, because of a mistake that Florida Blue had made, uh, I have lost my insurance. Mm. And... Cause, and I found that out because I went to make a doctor appointment just for, you know, a little checkup. You know, I'm in my late 30s now. I need to do this. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were like, oh, yeah, you don't have insurance. And I was like, yes, I do. Yeah. This is my insurance card number. And I said, no, it's canceled. So I spent the next hour and a half. And if you remember, uh, for anybody who listened or watched our last program where I went off on Jason, J-O-F-F-E, Joffe, out of uh, Lighthouse Point. Which, if you want his cell phone number, I have it. Um, <laughs> and I'll be happy to give it to you. Um, where I went off on him. That was nothing compared to what I said to the people on the other end of the phone at Florida Blue. Yeah. Like, I was like, so basically you guys just like lined up in a line and bent me over and just screwed me with zero lube over and over and over again. And nobody called to tell me that it was going to happen. And the guy was like, uh, you can't talk to me that way. I was like, I'm not talking to you that way. I'm talking to your company that way. Yeah. Uh, I know you didn't technically do it, but your company totally screwed me on this one. Yeah. And he was like, well, and he was trying to explain it. And he goes, I understand you're frustrated, but you need to call the marketplace. And I was like, okay. So then I called the marketplace and I was talking with that guy and he, uh, I was like, yeah, no, I get, I, I understand your frustration. He goes, and if I could reactivate your insurance, I would do it right now. And I was like, okay, well, why can't you? And he goes, well, it needs to go to a person, somebody else to do it. Cause you know, government makes a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> and he goes, so it'll probably take about 30 days for them to make their decision. And I was like, okay. And I said, so what, what are they going to do? And well, they're going to investigate. They're going to look into the phone calls. They're going to whatever. And I said, okay. And I said, so, you guys are a government agency, correct? And he goes, yeah. And I said, so right now I'm relying on the government believing me when I say uh, I called them back and they told me nothing was wrong with my account versus whatever Florida Blue is going to say. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, yeah. And I said, forgive me if I don't have a lot of faith in the government on this one. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, I can understand that too. And he goes, but if you haven't had any, if you if it's been less than two months, I said, apparently it's been over three since they canceled me because yeah. I don't go to the doctor ever. Yeah. Um, much to this dismay of many people that I know where they're like, you should probably see a doctor about that. I'm like, yeah, it'll go away. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they, he was like, no, I can understand that. But you know, like if it was me, I, I believe you, I can see that this is probably what happened. And I was like, right. So, can we just get that like expedited so I can get these people off my back about going to the doctor about something mm-hmm. that I probably don't need to go to the doctor about? Yeah. And he was like, no, we still have to do the 30 day investigative thing. And I was like, God, the government is amazing. Like yeah. that guy's now got a job for at least a month mm-hmm. and no wonder insurance rates are skyrocketing. Yeah. 
actually speaking about insurance and well healthcare in general i guess trump did sign what seems to be a pretty good bill uh, about whistleblowers within the uh, va system and making it easier to fire bad people that don't belong in the system and trust me the va system sucks i'm in it um so hopefully that ends up working out but that's socialized healthcare for you that's, that is that's, social- wel- that's welfare for you right that is absolutely socialized healthcare and I remember when uh, I was arguing with somebody on Facebook about uh, universal health care versus non-universal health care versus privatized health care. And um, he was saying universal health care would work. Look at the VA. What about it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, apparently it works. The VA gives veterans a second chance to serve their country. <laughs> <laughs> don't, the VA doesn't do anything good. I mean – Whoever they end up helping obviously gets help, and that's good. Uh, but they mess up quite but, often. <laughs> right. They mess up more often than they don't mess up. Yeah. And, yeah. like, I've never dealt with the VA, but I have heard your stories or, you know, Ryan's stories or, you know, other people's stories about the VA. And I, with the exception of the one guy that I got into that argument with on Facebook, I cannot name one person that has told me a good story about, about the, the VA. VA. Yeah. And I don't even know if he's ever dealt with the VA. Mm. I'm not even sure if he's like military, like if he's former military, but he was just saying, no, the VA helps these people and the VA does a lot of good. And I'm going, not based on any, you understand they just fired like so many people because the VA like just completely screwed up. And he's like, no, the VA, I mean, the VA is really good. It's well run. It's very. I'll take your word for it. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to buy that as opposed to uh, all the reports that I hear and the personal anecdotal stories that I hear from friends of mine who go to the VA as opposed to your own personal opinion on this. Yeah. No, that's. Just because you want uh, universal health care does not mean that the VA is good. Yeah. No, universal health care is a. Funny idea of limiting services to a bunch of people so you can offer them to other people over a longer period of time. There's no way around that. Right. You got to look at the Swiss system and what they're doing. Actually, we got into a conversation on it yesterday about like um, how welfare works in Scandinavia. I was very surprised. One of my friends that I did not know knew so much was telling me that she knows that in Scandinavia, that welfare system is on the backs of a large free market, mm-hmm. and all it is is a lot of taxes, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what people don't understand. Which, if we want to have a any larger welfare system, any larger you know universal healthcare system, uh, anything like that, it's gonna fall on the backs of taxes. It has to, yeah, because there's no other way to pay for it. It has to, yeah, and. That's when it gets into the they need to pay their fair share thing. But yeah. uh, there was a professor. I don't know when this was. I saw the video yesterday, but I'm certain it was old. But there was a professor of a uh, video of a professor on Tucker Carlson who's thought that uh, people should pay 80 percent. And he said, why don't you? Mm-hmm. And she goes, I don't know how. And he goes, it's easy. You just write a check. Yeah. And send it in. Yeah. And they'll yeah. take it. Yeah. They'll take it with no problem. <laughs> they won't even question it. 
Yeah. They're not going to send you a letter and say, Elizabeth you? Warren, was that who it is? No. It w- <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Elizabeth Warren wants to give up 80% of Hell her salary. No. Yeah. Yeah, she was like, no, I'd be happy to do it. And Tucker Carlson went, okay, so why don't you? Mm-hmm. She said, well, I don't know how. Okay, yes, you do. Mm-hmm. It's not hard. Like, you can just write a check and send it in. Even yeah. I know, you, you know, IRS, Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Don't need an address. Don't need anything. Just send that right in. Mm-hmm. They'll get it. Yeah. That's like, you could send a, uh, I don't know if you can anymore, but I know that back in the 90s, you could send a letter to Rush Limbaugh, and if you wrote Rush Limbaugh, New York, he would get it. Like you didn't need address, you didn't need zip code, you didn't need anything. You just need Rush Limbaugh, New York. Oh, because everybody knows who he is. Because everybody which Rush Limbaugh, right? Yeah. But yeah, same same thing. It's like IRS, Washington <laughs> D.C. Yeah. Nothing else is needed. Yeah. It will get there. <laughs> They're gonna know exactly where that's going. So, and she like she didn't want to admit that she didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. That she wanted, of course not. No, but she was like, I spend so much of my money helping other people, and he goes, okay, so why not just give it to the IRS and let them, you know, let the government do it? Yeah. Well, because because they're <laughs> bad at it. Because reasons, yeah, exactly. Because they're bad at it. Like to do privatized uh, welfare is a much better system because then the money actually gets distributed where it needs to go, mm-hmm. as opposed to the people who are just trying to rip off the system. Because yeah. You have to do that in order to keep that charity alive. Yeah. Unlike the government, who that charity is going to stay alive no matter what. Yeah, exactly. So if you want to pay 80% of your income to the government, just write them a check. They won't mind. They won't even say You won't get a thank you letter. Prove us wrong. Right. (laughs) (laughs) If you get a thank you letter, please let me know because I would love to be wrong about that. But I am willing to bet that if you gave 80% of your income to the government, you would get nothing in return mm-hmm. and you would still get taxed at whatever the initial mm-hmm. <laughs> rate was, <laughs> not the 20% that you kept. Um, all right. It is almost time for me to head downtown. So do you have anything else today? No, that's it. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us. Thank you all for listening. I am going to be, we are going to be getting this audio up uh, momentarily as soon as I finish with the last few things. Uh, remember to like, comment, share, uh, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash muddied waters of freedom on Instagram at muddied waters of freedom or on Twitter at muddied underscore waters. Uh, do you want to do a bula real quick? Yeah. Thanks, Justin. Thank you, Justin. And if you are in downtown St. Pete tonight, be safe. Don't drink and drive. Get an Uber. Get a Lyft. Get a taxi if you still use one of those. I'm always a DD, so. Right. If you need a ride, hit me up. I will be happy to give you a ride mm-hmm. up until a certain point. <laughs> Bula. Bula. Thank you oh, for joining just... us, everybody. Yes. Thank you all for joining us. Remember where we're going. We don't need roads. <laughs>